Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hebrews 11, I'm going to quote 2 Corinthians 4.18, For while we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are temporal, things that are unseen are eternal or forever settled in heaven. Amen? Now Hebrews chapter 11 Now let me exhort you for a moment this morning as we get into teaching on this. Understand something about the spirit realm and that which is legal and that which is illegal. Let me say this right up front. It's a revelation from the Word in the study of redemption in understanding that once you're a child of God, any attack of the adversary upon your life is an illegal attack. Amen. The devil doesn't have the right to make you sick, but he'll go ahead and do it anyway. He doesn't have the right to oppress your mind, but he'll do it anyway. And many times we strain and we, and we, and we strive to, to, to believe there's an unseen realm when many times your greatest witness of the unseen realm is not what God's doing for you, it's what the devil's doing to you. You ever think about that? Say, so, well, I, I'm having such a hard time believing there's a God. That's because the devil's beating your brains out. That should be an indication right there that there is a God. Amen? Now, all of his activity on earth has been illegal. His entrance into the garden. Jesus talks about that in John chapter 10, the other one that came other than the way of the gate. Jesus talks about the way into humanity legally is through the womb of a woman. That's the way God created and then initiated the, uh, the law of Genesis, every seed reproducing after its own kind. And all of the access God has ever initiated into this earth has been on a legal basis. Even His Son Jesus coming to the earth, a virgin conceived and bore a child. That's the only time that has ever happened. That will never happen again. Can I get a better amen? Absolute miracle of God. Absolute miracle of God. The, the, the unseen coming into the scene in such a legal way. And then the scene coming and taking all the problems of, excuse me, the unseen coming and taking all the problems of the scene, bearing it on the cross, going into the unseen, destroying it there, then coming back into the scene as a testimony and witness that I've overcome death, hell, and the grave. And made a way in which there is no way. Amen. So this, this, and it's not really an abstract notion of embracing and looking not at the seen, but embracing and, and welcoming into your life the unseen, the reality of the unseen realm. Listen, this is natural to you as a believer. You're born from the unseen. Amen. You were born into the scene through your first birth, but you're born again from the unseen. And now we understand by the Word of God what we've been teaching on the past few weeks, that the focus of our life needs not be on the seen realm, but on the unseen realm. How, how much time and effort have we wasted? And emotion have we wasted in our lifetimes? All of us, all of us have done it because we were too focused on what was going on instead of focusing on what the answer to what was going on was. Amen. 
And if you've ever noticed, if you've ever really given credence to any type of attack upon your life and you kind of yield to it and you allow that attack to get into your emotions and get into your mind, you ever notice how quickly it gets stronger? It's an amazing phenomenon how, how, how so easily the demonic realm, Satan himself, come and go illegally upon the earth. You know why that is? There's not a whole lot of people restraining them. There's not enough people saying no. You know, the first place you begin your no is is in your own life. You know, a lot of people, once they get born again, what they need is a great big no on one side of their life and a great big yes on the other side. And, the, and where the yes used to be over here where the no was, amen, and the no used to be over here where the yes is now, you've got to make sure you strengthen that yes to the unseen realm so that you can grow spiritually. Your answer to navigating and overcoming all the craziness that has come upon this earth and that is coming upon this earth is to live by that which is in the unseen. For we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, are subject to change. But the things that are unseen are eternal, are forever settled in heaven. Now Hebrews 11, let me find it here, I've got it in my King James first. Hebrews chapter 11, that's what we call the, you know, the great, the great faith chapter. We see the heroes of faith in it. We see uh, a little bit of revelation on what faith is, how it operates. But I, I want to read, I, I believe it's verses 1 through 6 is where I want to go real quick. Yeah, that's it. 1 through 6. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Now notice this, not seen. Now notice that phrase right there. Let that phrase get into your spirit. The evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things. Now that's kind of a, what do you call it when it's a, you know, like jumbo shrimp, a, a misnomer? What do you mean evidence of things not seen? So I've got some evidence here of the bank robbery that happened the other day. Well, where is it? Well, it's in the unseen realm. <laughs> Amen. So there's an abstract element to that phrase. We just read by it so many times. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things unseen. Faith, this Bible, this word is your evidence of the reality of what you've entered into. Everything from an unseen city that you will live in one day. Amen. To all the unseen provision that still lies in the unseen realm that's going to be downloaded into your life in the next few days, weeks, months, and years. Amen. So faith is the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Uh, through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained the witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his, of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now here's verse 6. All these other verses are leading up to this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. The him there is God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, notice the phrase, diligently seek him. I believe you being at church this morning is part of your diligence. You open your Bible, read your chapter every day, that's part of your diligence. You bow your knee, you pray, that's part of your diligence. You write out that check or, or put that money in the envelope, that's part of your diligence. Your witness to that person last week, part of your diligence. Everything that you do that is motivated by what you do not see is part of your diligently seeking God. Now, let me read this. Let me read it in the, in the Passion Bible. It says, Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God, for we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those that passionately seek Him. So there is a real, how can I say this? A real element to you knowing God, understanding the unseen realm by your willingness to seek God. Amen? Now let me tell you something that may surprise you. You being here this morning is not a result of you seeking God. It's a result of God seeking you. He came after you. You say, what do you mean He came after you? Well, the first, from the first time you heard the gospel, you've got to understand the intercession and prayers of saints, men and women that you know and don't know, prayed for you. Amen? And because of that, something moved in the unseen, unseen realm and you ended up born again. Jesus became your Lord and Savior. You're no longer uh, the, the member of a human family. You're a member of God's family. And now all of your worth, all of your value, and literally much of your wealth is up in the unseen realm. All of your healing, all, all of your destiny, even life after death. Now listen, and even one day a glorified body. Now, the concept of God, that has always been something that man has struggled with. There are those even today that teach, they even teach it. I was surprised to hear this. This is even taught in, in, in some seminaries that there is a gland in our brain called the God gland. Has anybody ever heard of that? That that is a gland that they, if they take that out, you won't believe anymore. Well, they've done it and the person still believes. That shows us that the relevance of the scene is very temporal, very temporal, very fleeting, and that which we many times put so much emphasis on because we experience it, we taste it, smell it, feel it, see it, hear it, amen. And we, and we really uh, come to the conclusion that this is, and people say it all the time, this is just the way things are. This is, and you can't change it. Sure you can. Anything in your life that you can take the Word of God and make application to that, God can become the God you need Him to be. Now this scripture right here, uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For those that come to Him must believe that He is, amen, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now this scripture is not saying that it takes faith to believe there is a God. There's a lot of people that have no faith that believe there's a God. This scripture is saying you need to understand that there is a type of faith that will empower you to believe that God can be the God you need Him to be now. Amen? 
I look around, most, most everybody here is home folk, home folk here this morning, so, so salvation would not be a relevant issue in which I was trying to get you to receive because I trust all of you are saved. But let me tell you something, church. Before you got saved, you were in trouble. Fear of death, fear, fear of hell, fear of what would happen to me if I were to, you know, if I were to need God. How could I access God? But God in His sovereign mercy and in His grace pursued you in such a way that His love overwhelmed you and you bowed your knee to Jesus Christ. You became a new creature. You became born again. And all of that that was in the unseen realm came down into your life. And now it's not just a spiritual reality. It is also a physical reality of your life. Now, come on, Pat. How can it, how can it be a physical reality? You're physically here, sitting in a physical chair. With your physical body. Now here's, here's something that's unique. And then we'll I'll move on with this because this is a rabbit trail I don't want to get on because it'll take us places I don't want to go this morning. The most valuable asset of your life is your will. Nothing is more valuable than your will. You say, I, I, if I had a million dollars, if I had ten million dollars, if I had a hundred million dollars, you could still use your willpower to make that into more money or to give it all away. Showing you that your willpower is the most valuable, your, your personal will is the most valuable thing that you possess because with it you're going to make all the decisions of life. And when God gets into those decisions, then what He does is He empowers you to receive from Him the benefit of what He has supplied for you as you make those decisions. The first spiritual decision you made was to get saved. Last, yesterday uh, afternoon as we, as we were teaching the men just for a few moments on salvation and getting born again, the first revelation that you have is there is a God. Everybody say, there is a God. And secondly, uh, a revelation comes to you, I'm a sinner. If there is a God, then I'm a sinner. Amen? Then, thank God, those two revelations lead to this one. If there is a God and I'm a sinner, that must mean there's a Savior. And the Savior is the one that touched your heart and provided for you a provision. Now, this is, this, is, this is unique. Although it was provided 2,000 years ago, it's ageless. Nothing... Now, listen to this. This is something that you really need to either write it down or write it down in your memory somehow. The two things unique about spiritual things are this. Number one, they never wear out. Well, Pastor, I, I'd come to prayer more, but I just don't want to wear out my prayer. <laughs> I'm going to wear it out. Well, I'd use my faith more, but I, I don't want to wear it out. Now, here's the second reality. Spiritual things strengthen with the use and using. Natural things wear out with the using. Spiritual things strengthen with the using. Natural things wear out with the using. Spiritual things get stronger with the using. Natural things wear out with the use. I'm telling you, I'm 65. I'm not 45. Nor am I 25, but I'm not 75 either, <laughs> yet, <laughs> amen. And I have learned, no matter who you think you are, amen, age has a way of humbling you and make you realize that you are in a state of weakening and deterioration. Everybody say, Huh? See, I told you. (laughs) 
But there is a part of you, the real you on the inside, and it is not aging, and it's not getting older or deteriorating. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger every time you come to church, every time you come to prayer, every time you pray yourself, every time you do anything spiritual, what you are doing is you're pulling that strength, that light, that life out of the unseen realm, and it's coming down into your life. And listen, that's one of the reasons God requires of us that we live by faith. Because if you could see in the unseen realm, it'd blow your mind. You wouldn't be able to handle it it, just in the auditorium right now. You'd see see angels gathered. You'd see them holding back darkness, holding back demons that would like to come into the church and disturb the service or disturb your attention as you focus on the teaching of the Word of God. We pray, we intercede, we bind, we loose. We do everything we can do to create an atmosphere of here in here in which the unseen has the preeminence. Amen? You know, if you've ever been around a a real move of God where God was really moving, especially in an undeveloped area where there's not big cathedral churches or or beautiful buildings or places where people meet, uh, you know, in in, in the third world countries where we've been, it's not really how beautiful a building is. It's not really a, a, a perfect location in a city. What it is is the hearts of men and women. If they can get together anywhere in agreement, Jesus will show up right in the midst of it. Put his stamp of approval on it and begin putting something together which can, be, which can have a purpose and a function in that area. We went to the Mosquito Coast of Honduras with, with the Malloys, Rocky and Yoska Malloy, a, a missionary couple that we support. This is years ago. And uh, uh, you'd have thought, you know, there's no way to, to have revival or a move of God. Everything they told us about even going there. They said this to us. They said, now you can maybe do a service during the day, but at night there's no way you can have services because people walk around with handkerchiefs over their mouth all the time because there's so many bugs. Plus, we have vampire bats. Every morning we'd get up, you'd see the haunches of the, of the horses and the cattle just bloody and scabbed from the vampire bats drinking blood on them all night long. So they said, no night meetings. You know what I said? I said, schedule a meeting every night. Schedule a meeting every night. So we had a night meeting every night. The miracle, we didn't even see it. My crusade team didn't even recognize it. One bug, we had these lights up, one bug, all seven nights, one bug made one lap around one light. That didn't mean anything to us, but to those mosquito Indians, that was an absolute miracle that there were no bugs at all in that meeting. We saw miracle after miracle, things that God does. But in the midst of it all, God was drawing hearts, drawing hearts. From the unseen realm was this incredible power. We had over 400 saved. We had 200 baptized in the Holy Ghost. But the thing that impressed me more than any is how God is so powerful to turn the hearts of wicked men by His love to Himself so that they bow their knee. There was a rancher, the most wealthy man in the area, He ran cattle on many of the... There's little jungle landing strips where little small airplanes can get in there. A lot of the provision and groceries or stuff are bought to the little little stores they have around there. And this man was very rich and very powerful. And he did not like anybody coming into his area without his permission, amen, and holding a crusade. Well, we didn't ask him. Every day, he would gather up to two to 300 cows at the end of the landing strip, we're at the other end with 1,500, ended up with 2,500 people. 
were at the other end of the landing strip, and he would take and all of his cowboys, and they would run those cattle right at the crowd. And here would come these cattle running. And they'd get right to the edge of the crowd and just split and go right around and go to the other side. And they did it day after day after day after day. They did everything they could do to break up that crowd, and the crowd got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the last night when I gave the altar call, the first man to the altar was that man who came down with all of his cowboys and kneeled in the altar and gave their heart to God because an unseen force, an unseen power had demonstrated itself to him in the natural. He saw God. He experienced God. In the midst of it, he realized God loved him and he ended up born again and saved. That's how good God is. We must believe that there's not just, oh yes, there's a, we know there's a God, but there is a God that knows you, a God that loves you, a God that cares about you no matter what age you are, no matter what you're going through, and he has all this unseen stuff he wants to give us, and then he gives us his word that provides faith, which is literally the conduit into that realm. Literally, I see faith in the word of God like Jacob's ladder. ladder. You remember the ladder? Jacob saw the angels going up and down, bringing provision from heaven to earth. That's what faith does for us. It literally builds a way up into the heavens in which God begins to bring down into the earth that which man needs, desperately needs, especially eternal life. Amen? So today, whatever your need may be, you say, Pastor, I've really got this. I've got a financial need. I've got a physical need. I've got a need in my business. I've got a need at my job. In my education, I just have this need. Well, there is an answer for your need. But the journey needs to begin from that answer leaving a realm in which it cannot be contacted with human senses into the realm in which it can. Therefore, in this realm, it's beneficial. Now, let me say this. This might help you. What good does healing do in a realm when there is no flesh? You say, what do you mean by that? What good would healing be if all, all it was was resident in an unseen realm? What if, what, if you, what if it was like that in the natural? You went to the doctor and they said, well, you know, we have some things here we can help you with, but we're waiting for them to arrive from somewhere up here. You'd think, you're out of your mind. What, what do you got in the drawer over there? I'm hurting now. Amen. Well, here's what God did. God put it in the unseen realm, but he gave the evidence of it to us. <laughs> you missed a good opportunity to shout. You say, what do you mean? God put it in the unseen realm. But then he said, here's all the evidence you need right here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence. What produces faith? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Communication from the unseen realm to the unseen part of you, which is your spirit man or your heart, reveals the reality of what God wants to do in the natural. Oh, thank God. Now, oh, my time's running out. Let me, let me I won't turn that. I'll just tell them. Day of Pentecost. They're all in one accord, one place. Suddenly there came what? A sound. Now what is a sound? A sound is a sense. A sound is something that touches the sense of, uh, of hearing. If you hear something, you hear a sound. Amen? So here comes a sound of a rushing mighty wind. That means it could be heard. It could be heard. Heard by a lot of people. Sound of a rushing, and, it's, and, and, and it filled the place where they were sitting. So there had to be a tangible reality of the place being filled up with this sound. Amen? So it filled the place, and then there appeared. Everybody say appeared. What is appearance? What does appearance touch? Touch sight. 
So now you got sound stimulated. You got sight stimulated. Are you with me? And probably all things being equal, you have. I, I, I think if I would have been in the upper room, I probably would have been covered with super goosebumps. Don't you think you'd have felt the presence of God? I mean, don't you think you'd have sensed the presence of God? I mean, it come rushing in there like a mighty wind. You're looking around and everybody's got cloven tongues of fire sitting up on their head. You look over here, one starts speaking, another starts speaking, then they all start speaking in other tongues. So you've got all these what? You have all these senses being stimulated. Stimulated. It happened before. It happened before. When Mary, a virgin girl, was appeared to by an angel, and he began to give word and begin to give word and begin to give word. And her mind began to resist and resist and resist. And then she tried to rationalize it. How should this be seen? I know not a man. But then that angel said, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary conceived, and even though it was unseen, physically in her womb, the word of God and the seed of the woman came together and Jesus' heart began to beat in the womb of a woman. Amen. So you got ever since in the world. What is that? Uh, the same thing we saw when God appeared to Moses upon the mount and wrote with the finger of God the Ten Commandments. The same thing that God used to do in the garden with, with, with uh, Adam and the woman, his creation, and walk with them in the cool of the day. This is what it is. It is the invasion of an unseen God into a realm in which people live by their senses. We teach so much, so much on faith. I have seen this. And I I'm so thankful I have not gone that way in my life. I have seen where men have become masters at teaching on faith, but they reject anything that has to do with any outpouring of the Spirit that creates some type of sensual understanding that God is here. God wants to touch you. God wants to matter. When was it? It was, it was uh, last Sunday night. The anointing got so strong in here. I mean, these ushers were doing all they could do to stand up. The power of God would just boom, would just fall. It was so tangible. It was so real. But we've been teaching on faith and acting on it. Listen, when you act on the faith that God puts in your heart, you are tapping into the unseen realm. You need to expect something to show up that you can see, hear, taste, feel, or touch. Something that's tangible. We, we use that illustration all the time when it comes to the specifics. What do you believe in God for? What do you believe in God? Well, I want a car. Well, okay, Lord, give him a brand, give him the best, you know, uh, 1973 Volkswagen that can be found. No, specifically, I want a new car. See what I'm saying? God, this is bottom line, the whole story. God loves it at the end of the day where the testimony of your life is this. Now that was God. Now that was God. I see it all the time. Sometimes I talk about it. Sometimes I testify of it. Sometimes I rejoice. Other times I just kind of go, now that was God. Now that was God. God wants that more and more. And all of those illustrations, the day of Pentecost, Jesus coming to the earth. What was, what was the crucifixion? My goodness, it was this sensual explosion of God tasting Every negative thing that could possibly happen to a human being, from mental rejection to every disease to every addiction to every uh, thing that could come upon humanity. Jesus is on the cross. He's suffering. He feels it. 
He tastes it. He sees it. He hears the, the, the taunts of the people that were his covenant children. He experiences every negative feeling man could ever have. You know why he did that? To give you every good feeling that God ever wanted to give you. The peace that comes when a loved one goes to heaven and you know they're in heaven. And you do not have grief like the world has because you know it's a very temporal separation in your life. Amen. The joy that comes when the doctor looks and looks again. We just had a great testimony here. Uh, when was it? Pastor Paul was here last month. And so they went home and, and, and Pastor Shotty had a, 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 just a res, regular checkup and they looked at her and uh, said, there's a pretty good possibility you have stage four pancreatic cancer. So they wanted to do all of these tests. So we just got in faith. Lee and I began to pray. Paul and I prayed over the phone. We began to speak the word of God. She went last Monday. They did every test they could do. Couldn't find one bit of cancer in her body. You think anybody felt anything over that? When I got the text, I was like, glory! That's God. That's God right there. And that's what God wants for everything in your life. He wants you, he wants you to understand He doesn't want to just be God. He wants to be the God of your healing, the God of your salvation, the God of your prosperity, the God of your deliverance, the God of your joy, the God of your righteousness, the God of your eternal destiny, and the God that takes care of you throughout eternity. He wants to do that. He wants to be that. And faith helps Him do that in your life. Now, it's, it's a, it is a balancing act to, to try and... Okay, this is faith, and we're going to use faith, and we're not going to be moved by the emotions of a situation the feelings or the pain of a sickness or disease, that's not going to move us off of our faith. Pain in my body is not the testimony that I've not received healing. I can have pain and still believe I'm healed. Are you with me? A deficit in my pocketbook is not a testimony that I do not walk in prosperity. No, it's just the poverty, spirit of poverty trying to attack me and I'm going to overcome it in Jesus' name. Uh, a heaviness trying to come upon you? No, no. The joy of the Lord is my strength. See what I'm saying? For every negative thing the earth wants to throw at you, and man, there's some stuff going on now the earth is throwing at us. The good news is God has already provided an answer, but it's where? We look not at the things that are seen, but we look at the things that are unseen. Our focus needs to remain on that unseen realm. Not to the point that we're, of so, we're so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good. No, that we are so heavenly minded we are of great earthly good. And we can touch people, bless people, and help people. You don't know this about you. I'm fixing to tell you something about you you don't know. Are you ready for this? You may know it. Some of you may. Everyone that you get around on a regular basis that does not know God, they are so happy when you come around. Did you know that? They are so happy when you come around. They are so thankful when they're in your presence because that's the closest thing to the presence of God they'll ever be in. I get around people many times. Some of them I've known for 20 years that I've worked on, witnessed to, prayed with. Still, they've never really picked up a lifestyle of righteousness. And every time I get around, it's, it's like a long-lost friend coming from a far journey somewhere. 
How are you doing? What's going on? They know in your presence there's something different about you. There's a peace about you. There's a joy about you. There's an expectancy about you. There's something moving on you and in you that they cannot see, but they do know. They know it's there. They know it's there. They know it's there. And if you'll just be who you are around them and not just step back into some kind of religious mode, but just be who you are. Amen? I mean, I've done it for years. People are like, well, where have you been, Rusty? Oh, I've been over in Ireland. Or I've been in the Philippines. Or I've been down in Nicaragua. I've been, well, what were you doing down there? Well, we were down there preaching the gospel. People got saved. People got healed. I tell you, the power of God. I remember I used to go to Ireland a lot. And I'd come back, especially in the fall and winter. I'd go hunting. And they'd always, have you been to Ireland? Have you been? They just, like they just wanted to dig it out of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened when you were there this, this time? They'd always say, this time. <laughs> Why? Your life. You have the life. You have the light. You have the salt. They crave it. The world craves it. It's like being hungry for something you don't know what you're hungry for. Let me close with this. I was in, I was in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I was walking the streets. I had two days before the, 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 the flight flew out. And I walked down by where the Capitol building is. And it's, I mean, it's, that, that's such a desperate city. And, and I was talking to the Lord. I'd been praying. And I I never forget, I said this to the Lord. I said, these people are starving. These people are starving. And the Lord spoke something to me that's never left me. He said, yes, they're starving, but starving is normal to them. They're starving. And then he said this to me. He said, that's the way it is in the church today. There's so many people in the church that are starving. But they don't know they're starving. They don't know they're starving because starving is normal to them. And he said this, you must make sure you stay well fed because the only thing that reveals starvation is seeing someone else that's well well fed and realizing I'm not normal, they are. You know what I mean by normal. They realize there's something wrong with me, I'm starving. You know, your spiritual life can reveal starvation in other people. That's why it's so good for you to live by the unseen. Every morning get up, lift your hands, worship the unseen God. Every day, tell Jesus, the unseen Savior, how much you love Him. Speak the Word is the evidence of what you don't see in the seen realm yet. Thank you, Father. By His stripes I'm healed, that you supply all of my need. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I guarantee you, if you will do that and begin to... You won't become some weirdo or some freak. You will become a bearer of the light and the life of God. And because of that, God will bless you and enhance your life beyond your imagination. For we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. Everybody say this with me. Are subject to change. Say subject to change. Say subject to change. Say subject to change. Thank God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Father, we worship you this morning. Thank you for, the, thank you for your word. That the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you, God, that you are the God that you need us to be the God of our healing, the God of our salvation, the God of our deliverance, the God of our joy, the God of our peace. We love you. We worship you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet if you will. Father, thank you so much for our service this morning. Thank you for the word of God finding a good planting, a good soil of our heart. So we leave today as is our tradition. We declare over the insanity of this world system and all that's going on, that no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. 
We are so thankful in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways. And Lord, we really do appreciate and thank you for keeping us on these crazy roadways. We thank you, Father, that you look out after us, that angels are encamped round about us. And as we transition these highways around this massive city to the north of us, we thank you, Father, that you show us where to go and how to go in every way. Thank you, Father, that as we handle the righteous labor of our hands, every strategy, trap, and plan of the adversary is thwarted. We project our authority into the future. We say, devil, you are defeated and Jesus is Lord. No terror, no trauma, no evil plans of wicked men, no diseases, no COVIDs, no flus. We say no. That's our no is big in this area. Our no is loud in this area. Our no is authoritative in this area. We push back against it. Thank you, Father, for the zeal of God in our hearts that we can be that presence of God in other people's lives. They will see it. They will recognize it. And we thank you. That will open doors of opportunity for all of us. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We love you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for abiding and empowering. Lord, we leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord. Here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com.